You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Mitzay Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizcho Daraisa, right before Purim Koton. And I'm here with a Purim Godel, Chas Fisholom, a Purim Koton. Rabbi Yosef... A muflog, yes, yes. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechoffer, happy with his being 60 years old. Oh, he's so happy birthday. I understand. So one of our big fans sent you a Rizcha Daraisa cup. Yeah. Our swag is here. Wow. And uh, you can get yours too, right? Only for, what should we charge? Nine ninety nine. <laughs> Considering it's a, considering I am, I should definitely be charging this since I am the creator of Rizkodaraisa. I came up with the icon, I, which of course I stole from some place on the <laughs> on Getty Images, whatever it is. Yes, yes. And here you are drinking out of the Rizkodaraisa cup, enjoying all the fame that I've showered upon you. Um, so it's almost Purim, and we said that we were going to be talking about things ridiculous and 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 silly and fun and happy uh let's talk about let's go with ridiculous first okay ridiculous i you know that i am friends with some of the people who are involved in teresa vigder you know that right that those are some people that um yeah, that i've been telling i've been a sort of a mentor to and of course when they went, went i do blame, i do blame you for everything that do with Vigder. well I, I can tell you I have tried to talk to this person, and we, by the way, did a whole show way back in the first season of Risco <laughs> But I think, you know, I think we could probably spend every week just taking stuff out of Teresa Victor and, and, and calling it ridiculous. But here's the most ridiculous one just from this week, uh, Parshas Tetzave. Um, let's, so here we go. Um, the question was, and this is from tape 921. Um, how much extra time is a newly married man supposed to spend in the company of his wife? Answer, and again, if this is verbatim, uh, okay, here we go. Always verbatim. What are you talking about? Okay, no time at all. Uh, no, no, because uh, I heard that they they do edit the tapes and take out stuff which is even more um, explosive and, and 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 wrong. Well, anyway, here it is. No time at all. Let me explain that. Here's a man who's newly married. So according to the Torah, we can't take him out of his home, all into military service during the first year. But that doesn't mean that he sits at home and talks to his wife. No, he's home. But he's plowing his field. He's taking care of his sheep and the cattle. He's working. Only that he's home. Let's say he's a co-well man. So the first year, if he wants at night, he can sit and learn at home. But he has to learn. It doesn't mean he has to learn at home. He can learn in the base matters too, but he can learn at home if he wishes. But it doesn't mean that he sits and talks to his wife. He's not supposed to waste his life. And he, she shouldn't waste her life. Or she shouldn't waste his life. <laughs> That's even worse. So he has to do what's necessary to do. Only that he has to give a certain amount of consideration to his new wife. So the first year, he should be free for his house for one year. He doesn't go away to the army. But at home, he does his business. He doesn't sit and talk to his wife all the time. Here it goes to my Victor Miller invitation. Don't talk too much to your wife. Even the best wife, if you talk too much, she'll find ways and means of criticizing you. Well, for you, I think that would be good. You'll tell her your faults, your weakness, and it'll be a handle for her to grab and utilize against you. 
whatever you say will be used against you. So the less you say, the better off you are. And the same is true for a wife as well. The less she says to her husband, the more he'll think of her. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let, let me hear uh, again, as someone who, who is a, who, um, uh, advertises himself as a scholar in residence along with someone who works in tandem with his wife so well. How would you respond to this being circulated in all the major shoals in the United States? I just want to say that uh, not quite, not, 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 I don't agree, it's ridiculous, hilarious, and, and uh, counterproductive. Where you go. But years ago, I, when I was learning Shalvin, learning Shalvin. So the one of the guys about to get married went to the Mashgiach with Suriel for premarital advice. And he said, don't speak to your wife for more than two hours a day. And at the time, I thought that was very non-romantic. You know, two hours a day, you can't speak more than two hours a day. But obviously, you know, he would, you don't get up to two hours a day, two hours of speaking to your wife in a day in any circumstances. So uh, there is uh, 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 that, it's unrealistic to say don't expect to speak to your wife all the time, even once you're married, even when you're deeply in love. And usually most conversation eventually comes down to who's buying the tomatoes tonight. But, so, but on the other hand, this conscious decision not to speak to one's wife in order to uh, avoid having, giving her stuff to criticize you about undermines the entire concept of the days connect though. She's supposed to be able to criticize you because she's supposed to be able to help you grow. You might not like that. You might resent that. And therefore, I think their militia should have said, you should understand. If your wife criticizes you, you have to, to think about it. Maybe she's right. Instead, she decided, no, go make sure to hide behind the rock so she doesn't have weapons to criticize you with. I don't know. I wonder if Rabbi Bigger Mill's house, he actually ever took out the garbage. Maybe every time he came to take out the garbage, he hid somewhere so he didn't have to do it. Well, I'm not sure. I'm sure he had a wonderful Shalom Bias relationship. Again, the problem is that everything is dependent, of course, on nuance. These alonim are it really, it is, it is causing people have, a number of people came over to me to show me this, to tell me how outraged they were. And they said it must have been taken out of context. And what it does is, and whether at one time this message could have been heard or to a certain That's type true. of the Right? No, no. Right? There was this guy who was running out of town at Muncie for being a molester before he became popular to be a molester. And I, he wrote, it was a guy who wrote a book on Shalom Bias, like in the 80s or something like that. I remember Travis, I think his name was something like that. Anyway, so the, um, so he had, in his book, he wrote, it was in Hebrew, he wrote an Eitzah. What, what's happening if your wife wants to talk to you about a night in, be, uh, in bed and you want to go to sleep? So what should you do? So he says, go like this, Daryl, one minute, and quickly say, Kriyash Malamita, and then go, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> I hear. I hear. So that's the same school of Shalom Bias. Well, actually, like I say, I think this is something that uh, my response is, look, it's on a tape. Don't publish it. This is obviously something which is open to misinterpretation. And I think it, I don't think it really is open. I think it's the type of thing that does no, does no COVID to Rabbonim or to Rabbi Victor Miller at all. Uh, there is a kernel of truth in it, which is the idea that Noki Levesa is basically a tour from Milchama, but we understand that there can be wonderful relationships that you can have, and conversation is key. And obviously, to be able to talk to someone is a skill, 
and is an art and is the sign of a strong, beautiful relationship. Um, the way Rabbi Victor Miller puts it, uh, like you say, you have uh, ridiculous sort of uh, interactions and things which are a chukavitzula. Like it's almost like, look, I think Achashverosh and, and, and Esther seems to have been, uh, would be a much greater model of conversation than what Rabbi Victor Miller uh, is talking about. And I think it's, um, I think ultimately it will destroy Shalom Bayes as the family gets, uh, as they age and as they have to deal with issues much more weighty than tomatoes when it has to deal with things that are going on with their children and other things, uh, they will find that the lack of communication that they had in the beginning means that they have, could grow apart to, uh, to an extent where what's going on between them could have very ugly ramifications in their children. So I, I see this as something that is ridiculous and ugly. But um, okay, that's the ridiculous part. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, a, another angle here. Um, I know that uh, you were very busy right after Shabbos. Uh, you weren't just singing Elio Anavi. Uh, you were responding uh, on your blog. Uh, I don't know this, but you sent it to me. Uh, to um, a Talmida. Uh, you don't want to say what seminary she was studying in, right? She's in high school, not a seminary. Oh, she's in high school. Oh, who's now in high school? I forgot. You, you're telling me dot or, or little uh, elementary school girls. Yeah, I forgot. Okay, so um, the <laughs> I don't know if that's a shtoch or not, but you can take it as that. Okay, so here we are in um, her in the high school. Her rabbanim have been telling her things about lo sichonim, and uh, interesting kiddush here. <laughs> That if that, that if you have a parking space with over a half hour left, you can't just give it to someone randomly on the street because that would be the Aveir of Lisichone. Um And uh, even though it's a nice Kiddush Hashem, but it's like bringing a puzzle carbon. Uh, that was that was one Rebbe. What? And then another another teacher told her that. Um, that lib- I guess this is the part you thought I, I, I would jump on. I don't, okay. That liberals are evil. They're corrupt and communist, anti-religion and bad. And um, can't, and she raises her hand and she says, can't there be evil people in every political group and liberal doesn't maybe make you evil? And here she is, Nebuch, she had such a wonderful history teacher, uh, Isha Kolboy, Isha Shkolios in elementary school. And now here she is in high school and having these these, these, these draconian, dictatorial, you know, people give her these hard line polemical stuff. And she's saying, how should I deal with this information? Do you have any insights? And she says- so What would you have said? Forget what I said. What would you have said? I know. What would I have said? Okay. So let's talk about the, the two questions are very different. Okay. Right. Okay. I don't really, look, the second question, as much as you think that I am Donald Trump's uh, good friend, I have consistently been on record how disgusting of a human being he was, how, how of a, what of an ugly type he was. And I really have, again, I've it over and over, and I have a lot of shiur where I've been talked about it. So it's basically on record. Um, that doesn't mean I didn't want him to win the election. But I, I basically, I mean, I think he would have been better than Biden, but I am not aligned with the right wing. I'm not aligned with the Republicans. Uh, I, I, okay, so let's talk about the halakha question, which I think is an interesting one. Okay, does the Lysi Chonem apply 
especially in the situation where you're just giving a parking ticket to somebody, a, a schuss of parking on the street to someone, as opposed to, I want to make friends with the pagan and give him this present and somehow, uh, right. By the way, you know, we know this Pasuk, by the way, has four drushes, right? It has, yeah. you, you can't darsh, you can't uh, give them a present, you can't allow them Yishuv and Eretz Yisrael, right? So this is this is one of these Pesukim, like, Adam, that has a lot of different ideas Chazal uh, put into it. However, I would have, uh, again, the, can you give it to a person on the street? Is this considered Leisichonim? I would say no. Because obviously Leisichonim is about, as, as we know, it's connected to a kurvshaf, a personal kurvshaf that you're trying to somehow become that person's friend. You'll be his name. You'll watch the Super Bowl with them together. You'll be friends. You'll go to ball games. There'll be a sense of, right, and that's because we know so what Matanos do. related to Bishwakum and the other, other right, right, We know what Matanos do. We know what Matanos do. It, it isn't, to me, it isn't about the fact that chas v'shalom, a non-Jew, should somehow get something from a Jew. It's le'isichonim. It's the idea of viewing them. And again, there is, obviously, there's am levodad yishkoim. There is a sense of separateness that we have to have. And therefore, we shouldn't go out encouraging things to try to zero in on the non-Jew to, okay. Now, what you... Okay, do you want me to respond about what you talked about was that maybe Lo Sichonim, based on your the Meiri, who we've talked about on this program, uh, that you call one of the greatest Rishonim, okay, and I agree that he is a great teacher, but I wouldn't call him one of the greatest Rishonim, but... Anybody uh, made into the Shita is a great Rishonim. What? Anybody who made into the Shita Kubetis is a great Rishonim. No, you called him one of the greatest Rishonim, okay? I said, yeah, was, they're the greatest Rishonim. Okay. I don't know how many are in the greatest, okay? But that's okay. But actually, um, again, I'm top fifty or the top ten or the top. I'm going to ask you know what you you are a hypocrite. Okay, look, do you learn Hebrew Hachuva? Do you? I accuse you of knowing. Have you are? Wait, 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 wait. Do you learn Hebrew Hachuva? It's written by one of the greatest Rishonim. It's the yes. Mahalach for Chuva. Have you learned yes. it? Yes. Have you yes. opened it? Yes. Have you? Okay. What, how many pieces do you know from it? It's about a six hundred page safe. I have no doubt that you know all the Rishonim better than I know. No, no. Any. It's not about knowing them. If he but is look, a great what's your point. If he's a great Rishon, then you should be Shakua in his works, not just his Biurim. You should learn, you should, you should be a Bucky in Mogain Ovais, and you should have learned the Chibra Chuva. You should go through his beer on Ovais. Have you? No. Okay, why not? It's one of the great Rishonim. I think the Mitzvah is also one of the great Rishonim. I haven't gone through his other books besides the Chidush Mashat. That's that I know Raya. But, but, but here, what makes him great I is his. We have to get sidetracked on this issue. Okay, but what you said was... You can have the last word. You win. Go ahead. Okay, what you said was that Leisichonim probably doesn't apply to the, the, the non-Jews of today. And if anything, you brought down a number of stories where you saw that many great men, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky and others, uh, went when Rav Levin, went out of their way to not only to be kind to non-Jews, to, be, to show tremendous uh, respect for them, to give them time, which is, of course, the most precious thing a God will be Israel as, as Rebel Yoshev says. So, and to give them brachas, as you say, to wish them hello and all these things. So from there, you indicated that lo sechonem, it probably isn't no gay abismanase. And then you quote my, one of my heroes, Rav Kuk Sotzal, that um, 
that we should be machriel like the Meiri. And of course, Rav Kook uh, used this Meiri and others to be matir the mechira um, of Eretz Yisrael, bizman that it doesn't necessarily apply, the Lysichonim doesn't apply to the Umois Hagdurais, Bedarka and Musais, like the Muslims as well. And therefore, uh, you could sell Eretz Yisrael to them as a sniff to be matir, Avedis Karka, certain Avedis of Karka, Bishviya. So, um, I think I pretty much, right, that, that was that answer, right? Okay. Then, um, why don't you pick this up about uh, your response to about the liberal business? Again, obviously the Rebbe who said that is, is, a, is a grobe idiot. What is he even talking about that in, in halacha shir anyway? Why is that the topic of whatever high school it is that, you know, I know people, we get off the topic and kids can get us to talk about things and principals will tell us that it's very important to engage them. But I don't even see what, why a teacher should even be talking about that more, at least not getting on a soapbox and, 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 and trying to uh, browbeat the girls into accepting this. Let the girls discover things on their own instead of hearing some, you know, you know, guy get up and, you know, and sh- shouting at them. Um, but go ahead. What did you say? I said that um, the question is we have to break it down. What exactly it means to be a liberal and what policies uh, 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 liberals can be defined as evil. So um, the uh, I quoted Roosevelt, FDR, and JFK about what a liberal is, and these certainly are not um, things which are uh, hateful or evil. I'm not going to go through definitions inside, but it's necessary. But uh, then I, I said, okay, so why who are liberals by by definition are evil? I assume it doesn't mean people who will support gun control and universal health insurance are against tax cuts for the rich. You can argue, but those are not evil positions. I assume it means people support abortion and homosexual rights and marriage and more lenient treatment of criminals, I guess. Perhaps you also include people who advocate for women's rights and better treatment of minorities. Perhaps they're considered to be liberals, uh, objectionable liberal policies as well. But again, if you break it down and stop calling people liberals or leftists and deal with the policies one by one, tell me what it means to be evil, which are the evil policies, whether all liberals necessarily subscribe to their policies. So we had a guy, I had a guy who, um, who called himself Duh, who responded to uh, what I wrote. And he said, basically... Um, well, that- one second, hold on. Duh was, Duh was responding to sort of the first time about Lesechonim, not so much about the way I read Duh, but you know what? I'm, you know, let me read, let me be Duh, and you can scream at me like you did at Duh, okay? Yeah. Duh will be very happy that uh, Kivalevich is, is going to inhabit him for a minute. He quote the Miri and some later Achronim is stating that the prohibition of Lesechonim is not relevant to the non Jews among whom they lived. Because those non-Jews accepted the foundations of morality, that means a created world with a God who supervises the world, and as a result, accepted the foundations of morality. This is opposed to the ancient polytheists whose religious views did not allow for true morality. Well, since in the majority, the liberals, quote-unquote, being discussed, do not believe in a purposefully created universe or a supervising God, and as a result, deny the basis of morality, it would seem that according to your sources, the prohibition of Osechonim definitely would apply to the typical modern quote-unquote liberal. 
Therefore, I think that you mislead your Talmidah and may be the cause of her unwittingly transgressing a Torah prohibition. Signed, duh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now it's time for you to answer. That was very well done, I have to say. Okay. I'm not but sure whose voice that was, but that was something that I thought okay. maybe was too good possible. Go ahead. Perfect. Um, Dear Doug, come on, read it. Read, read it like you're okay. Come on, I have to teach you how to act. Dear Doug, I'll voice. imitate you now, okay? Okay, I'll do you. Dear Doug, <laughs> I know your kind very well. You have a great urge to hate someone, anyone, preferably a large group to boot. You want <laughs> you want to put people into neat boxes so you can hate them. You also have a great urge to exercise anger. This is understandable because, <laughs> because because hate and anger are two sides of the same coin. And it's sometimes difficult to truly hate and harbor anger towards individuals. It's so much easier to hate stereotype groups and harbor anger towards them. So you take a trait that makes you angry, exaggerated, and attribute it to the entire group you want to hate. Been there, done that. I know it's loads of fun, especially because for fringe benefits like <laughs> smugness and superiority. Enjoy, my friend. Okay. So, <laughs> that, that was Duh and Rabies of Gabriel Bechafer, offered by me. Um, why did you come down on him like 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 you were like unloading like you know like gowns of manure on his head? Well, I mean, because it's just his own boich, which is speaking here. The reality <laughs> is that most people identify themselves. I know I have a big boich too, but the reality a big boich. Like when everything we think about is this is a this is a, a response on your blog spot. You, this is not the the thesis that's going to win him a, a doctorate in Jews College like you. No, because I spoke about this. I said. Most liberals and most Americans are basically good people. They want to do good, right? You might, you, they, you might, they might be wrong. They might be misguided. Even the majority of people who are liberals. Are most of them believe in God, and most of them believe in, in a universe which has a design. They don't believe in the same design as we do, and their beliefs of God may be very different than our beliefs of God. But they basically think they want to do the right thing. They're not people. They're not people who are out to be maliciously wicked and evil. You believe that most of the, let's say, the liberal media, the woke media, you believe most of them are believers? They're in not the... them. I'm talking about the Hamoinam. People who vote for Democrats. People who vote for those liberals and leftists. Because you're not talking about the mouthpieces for liberal I'm, policies. I'm, I'm, some of them are people good. Some of them are not good. But the reality is there are... Uh, I think you're overestimating the amount of people who believe in a God with Hashkocha Protis, right? I mean, he is right. Da is right. That the, da is right because the Miri says with a God, Gedurim Bedarka and Musais, someone who, right, someone who believes in a God. In other words, okay, in other words, they have a God who is not necessarily a Mashkia. Because they're Elokus. Elokus, that's Elokus. So they, lead, they believe in one God, right? They believe no, in... Elokus. The person who doesn't say it, he says Elokus. He's assuming he means a moral divinity. Like a, which means that you have you are responsible for your actions, and that God will, and that there is a God 
who will punish you for your immoral actions. So you oh, believe, yeah. okay, okay, so you think that most of the- Even most liberal Christians believe that. Okay, Christians is one thing, right? Most but, but, liberals are Christians. Okay, the, the people that are pushing what you were the talking people about- People go to the, 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 you know, the liberal churches like, you know, St. John the Baptist and Riverside Church and the Upper West Side, uh, they, they, they believe in God. They don't, their idea of social justice is messed up, but they believe in God. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, okay. I, I, when I don't see the policies, especially if we're talking about the policies about gender, uh, identity, etc. Those aren't being pushed by Christians. Those are being pushed by people who are agnostic or anti-Christianity, right? I, think I don't think so. so. I don't think so. Oh, they most of them are Christians. They're, again, they're mis- I happened to listen recently to, I just finished listening to one of the books of Madeleine Albright. And I was shocked by how how she actually is a faithful Christian. Shouldn't be, of course. She was, she's, she's Jewish, Jewish, of course. Yes, of course, which is Rachmanos. It's two of her grandchildren are being raised Jewish. Anyway, but Madeleine uh, Albright, uh, you think she's one of the Via right? She's a staunch liberal on all issues. But she believes she's doing God's work. God's work in this world. Okay, but still, this fellow. Why? I think Hillary Clinton is a is a religious Christian. You think she believes in God? Yes, I think she's a regular churchgoer. It's a lot different than believing in God. No, come on. Now, who goes to church nowadays that don't believe? It's not like it's not like Orthodox Jews. I can't go into biting people's kids because I just think that the way you responded to him, you might have had someone. Come on, we know this Yetzirah. We have this ourselves. We all, we've always had this Yetzirah. So we have, both of us, perhaps me, I'm sure me more than you, to hate an entire group, to be angry at a group, to be superior and smug to that group. That's, we know that this is exactly what's going through such people's minds. The guy, the rabbi who spoke about the leftists. It's so gishmak to be able to hate somebody, to vent at them. To be angry. It's Look, the tremendous, exhilarating feeling in the world. Right? I, I, the yeah. way I see it, don't this, be so mis- Mr. Okay, Mr. You, maybe you don't know because you've never experienced this such a time. I, I not a, I, this letter should have been answered with, instead of, you should have had taken some of the compassion that you showed for your Talmidah and, and patience, and you should have answered it not as, you know, a dismissive sort of like, get out of my face, guy. You should have answered him, and you should have... No, he was... He wasn't asking you, Shema. He was trying to make a... He was trying to say, ah, if he's such a snake, why is he even on your blog in the first place? What do you mean? Snakes are on blogs. Have you ever read Harry Marilis's the comments on Harry Marilis's blog? Harry Marilis is... Harry Marilis is world famous. Yosef Gabriel Belkoffer has eight replies. So... Yeah, I know. So... Yeah, you're right. I'm not even certain to have the stakes. Only once in the ball. You don't think he has anything better to do with this time? He wants to engage with you. Be nice to him. You should at least, right? And I, 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 what, he, he says, dear, duh. Why do you even say dear? You should, right? Anyway, I, I think that this, look, if you want to set a person straight, he's not going to get straight from here. Because okay. you've you've attacked him as a human being, right. and you've said you just want to be smug. I know your right. type, right? Right. I think I think you. What's the word I'm looking for? I think you um, projected upon him. Bob Grant. <laughs> what? 
get off my show. <laughs> you, you projected upon him uh, where I don't think you should. And I, I, I think you could have made the case in a different way. And I personally think, I, I myself don't know if he's wrong. Because I'm not sure what... So you would say, it's also to leave the money in the meter. No. I already told you what I said. You can hand it to anybody. It's not like Zechonim. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it like Rebbe Yoshev would look at it, like a place they okay, would look at it. Right. So you don't okay? agree with the meter. For what? different reasons. I, meter, but for different reasons. Not, I don't think you have to come on to the Eries, what I'm saying. You don't have to come on to that, because that's not what Zechonim was about. That's not what the Easter is. It's not about Ochas Sholem's you, you were Mahana Goy. The point is you're trying to make a cash. That's, that's the simple shot. Now, in terms of, of, of Mr. Daw, look, he, he might be just listening about what's hearing, what's going on, and he sees that the media is saying that, okay, this is, this is bigotry to try to convince uh, a child that they are their birth sex, and he hears all these type of things going on, and, 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 and he hears uh, people who believe in the Ten Commandments being vilified, and he sees religious people being called obscurantists and, and, and primitive. So to him, he believes that the liberals don't believe in God. Okay? And if the liberals don't believe in God, they don't fall into the Miri's uh, category. That's simply what it says. I, I think your response... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you responded a little bit too, too harshly to him. And it's too late now because it's already out there. So what are you going to do? Oh, I, I'm going to post the link to the show so it'll be good if you defended it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do... Not that, I just, not that I agree with you, but... Uh, you know, okay. But, uh, the moment you start using stereotypes and generalizations, then you come to the same thing. All Trumpists are bigots. All Trumpists are rednecks. All Trumpists are violent. That's the exact same thing. You, know, the, you, you come to... It could be used against both sides and it's wrong. I, I have, uh, I, I was in Shabbos in, uh, away from home because my wife was in Detroit and I was in a certain shul and, you know, they, they spoke out, of, people were speaking out against Biden and for, for Trump and I, I just said, okay, they're not bad people. But if you stereotype people, that's what come, you come, come away with. Yep. They're, you're right, leftist, Trumpists are evil. If you're rightist, leftists are evil. Look, 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 I am on your side here. I think that this, this the teacher has obviously got something wrong with him if this is what he's teaching. But again, I, I think when you, you correct people's mistakes rather than cement them by having them dig their heels in, I think that's what you did. Uh, let's talk about something, uh, as again, uh, that is really close to my heart, to tell you the truth, because people that I've been very close to have been um, struggling with sort of a, a demarcation line in Judaism, um, and not between Jew and non-Jew, but the bracha of Shalei Sani Isha. And um, it has caused a lot of pain for people very close to me. And um, for years, I've like avoided the subject. And then I came across this uh, article in Hakira where the editors of the new Siddur, the new Avodas Halev Siddur, Avodas Halev Siddur, Avodat Halev Siddur, explain a chap, which I find interesting, because not because I'm liberal, not because you know I don't, not because I won't ever ascribe old-fashioned ideas to Chazal that are out of vogue, but I actually like this. It actually sounds great. Shaleyosani goy, shaleyosani ovid, shaleyosani isha. What they discovered was Holzer and Folger 
they discovered, these two rabbi doctors, that based on Paul in Galatians 3.28, where this was what was pronounced at these baptismal rites, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So basically, that was a polemic against Judaism that made a chiluk between Jew and non-Jew, between an Evid and the ben Choran, and between Isha and Isha, that that's the uftu of Christianity, that there is no distinction. So <laughs> this bracha, in other words, was a way that first century Jewish leadership that were struggling against this movement, which had already made significant inroads, could have their adherents pronounce these statements, uh, which preserve those distinctions in the same order. Those are a response against the Christian doctrine. Um, they also say, which I don't agree, that a closet missionary who would be a shliach tzibur, although these brachas aren't always said, barabim, uh, that's a whole discussion, could be re- uncovered right at the beginning of Shachris, long before he refuses to recite Bill Mashinim. That I'm not sure about, but I do like it. And um, and again, they quote Rav Shamshun for Hirsch and others that, that says that a Wakai Nishama is also anti-Christian because it goes against the idea of original sin. Nisham Nishnasati Bitahori, meaning that it hasn't been uh, hasn't been infected and polluted by original sin, and that was also like a declaration that was there to strengthen against Christianity. Um, what I like, and then they end the statement with, which was very important to me, is that. Class- a cynical question. Go ahead. Which, which, which parts of davening are, are, are authentically Jewish as opposed to being polemics about against Christians? Well, again, the 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 fact that the sitter is this conglomeration of so many different things, and we talked about it in one of our shows about COVID. Remember, I talked about the fact that you can pick things in the Siddur. The Siddur isn't, uh, it's, it's not the Rambam. The Siddur is not, like, the Siddur is like the Haggadah, right? It's basically, it, it, it's a hodgepodge of things. And one person's Siddur is different than someone else's Siddur. And even things, even though you talked about Ashkoch Pratis the other day, like a madman, about how everything is, is a mashkiach from the Rabbinic Shalom, every single thing, every Kaitse Shalyud is that important. I, I happen to think that it's important to know where certain things get in, especially Bisman Azeh, where, where girls, and maybe your Talmidah as well, will struggle with this idea one day about and she's going to wonder why she should make such a bracha as a negative. And when she's going to read something like this, she's going to see that the rabbis aren't aping the Greek axiology of persons. That misogyny, while a defining feature of Hellenistic thought and early Zoroastrianism, is not, repres- not representative of Jewish scripture and the dominant stream in Rabbinic tradition, despite the Raubag and others where you're going to find a lot of misogynistic statements as well. So to me, I, 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 it, it was like water in an oasis. How do you right, but the problem which, which you have to address is why I... The least amount of mitzvahs. Yeah. But, but that's not a steerer to this, because obviously they couched it in the idea of the fact that there's a distinction in mitzvahs. The Christians were saying, come to our religion where there is no distinctions. And I think that is, that is a great way for a, a girl who is struggling with rabbinic Judaism to say, hmm, okay, I see. And, I don't know. Why should I, why should I have to make Christianity seem more attractive to her? So you know what? The Christians got it right. Then you got to work other, then you got to work with other. So what is your Nechama? Nechama's out the window. Look, I, that we can do. 
there's enough in our religion that we can make the case how earning your earning your olam haba it could be talk about how faith is variegated how it's based on intense learning and understanding as opposed to um just acceptance but uh, basically the article did nothing for you because you're still going to have to explain just as much after you use it as before you used it all you can say is that well christianity made this bogus statement and therefore these brothers come to favor that statement okay so why is Christianity bogus? Sounds like a good, sounds like a good, a good thing. So, well, by the way, it's, it, it's it is it is probably taken from the tongue of the Yo, it says made in the Shemayim boards. Ben Ish, Ben Isha, Ben Goy, Ben Yisrael, Ben Ben Eved, Ben Ben Chorin, Ben Ish, Ben Isha. Everybody gets to work according to according to their Meisim. So that's probably where the New Testament lifted it from, indicating that there is a hierarchy. And then the intertwining of early Christianity and Chazal is something that is a, a, a very um, interesting place to explore. There, there's a lot of indicators, whether it's Furish Chazals or Ramazim, that's a wonderful place to be, to see where do you see. Uh, I, one thing is, you know, we talk about forgeries. Um, it came up as I was reading this article, the Baruch Shemei. Um, so, you know, um, it, it turned out, based on this article, it was leading me down uh, in terms of the letters there, that uh, Rabbi Dr. David de Solapool, do you remember that sitter? Was that, was that a yeah. sitter that you used when you were in, in growing up at all? No, I didn't use it at all. Well, by my time, we used it at Birnbaum's sitter. But, uh, but, but you remember, way, he... And not on the Son of God. Not on the Son of God. And that's why the one of the reasons given for why the Yekas don't say Brichmei is because that that of that translation. And Yaakov Emden and others have already even Baruch Epstein came up with this theory that that Brichmei might not be from the from the Zo, original Zohar. It might have been something that was inter, interpolated into the Zohar at a later time and doesn't necessarily represent Chazal, but it's clearly an anti-Christian type of statement that was attributed. I don't know how it got into the Zohar. Maybe it is from the Zohar. I don't know. But it's interesting to see that um, when we talk about the distinction, which is, I think, what we're talking about tonight, um, you know, between Jew and non-Jew, I think it is important to realize that we do have a leisechon name and in a way an aggressive, almost militant stance sometimes against what Christianity was trying to do, which has been preserved. It's very hard to, to completely deconstruct that. And it, the fingerprints are everywhere, whether it's in Shalei Isha or in Baruch Shemei, we definitely have uh, a, 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 a very healthy negative aspect towards what that world is, is trying to do to us. So I think that this is a challenge, you know, and uh, I think it's a challenge to try to say, well, we've moved beyond these things completely, and we have to realize, because otherwise, we don't you agree that we're going to do some damage to at least the, stru- the infrastructure of what, what we present to our kids? You, you agree, we can't, we can't just jettison things out. Or you have to have good answers. I've good answers. By the way, I would write there about Shalos on Isha. I think if there was a Sanhedrin today, they would take it out of the center. We've talked about 
changes. And the truth is, is that you know, I, I think most people who are upset aren't necessarily davening so much the Rebbeinu Shalom and upset about it. They are, in a way, using this document as a document to throw darts at. And we know the Siddur is really a, just a hechitimtza, as the Rambam says. Okay, in a way, it does represent the greatest, at least the Shemon Esrei did, but we all know that the real Tzlusei is really the Buusei. It's really what comes underneath that. The Tzlusei is, as it's, has, its, has its strict words, but really that's just a Hechitimtza to bring stuff out. Rechaim Kanyevsky himself said that there is no Biur Miyuchid in the Siddur. He says, every generation can be Mavar the Siddur in their own way. And you're not Muchrach, you're not Muchrach to take the Rebar Yakar's beer in the Siddur, which is very different than Chazal. It's very different than learning up in Rishonim. And I, I think that really has to be, so, you know, I think that we, we need to be honest with what's there and we need to draw a line. I'll agree with you, if you're right, that we should make common cause with Christians who do believe in one God and have basically the same ideas of Hashkacha Pratis as we do. And I think that you're right. I'm not right. I don't say that. I, we don't make common cause with anybody. We just have to, you, if we have, if we have a meet of Rachmanim by Shonim Goyim Chasadim, it means we should not work on being machmir in dubious ways on mitzvahs which go against that entire concept, which will make us Chasonim and Bali Machlekes and Bali Sino. That's what some people love that, including somebody who we discussed perhaps earlier in this program. But that's not what we should be pursuing. We need to we need to we need to step carefully because we don't want the whole house of cards to fall down upon us and say, "Well, okay, have you just walked away from everything that, that that's part of your tradition?" I think we have to address things intelligently and say, "Okay, this makes sense. This is where we need to draw the line." Other places. Not to draw, not to draw two broad strokes. I'm asking. Yes, 100. percent All right. Well, that's about it, my friends. Got serious at the end, but your your imitation of Edda and myself, I think, was the high point in the other segment of Rizka Verizon. Yes, yes, yes. Well, as we say, the swag is on its way. If you want that cup, uh, it is a beauty, and uh, you can drink from that fountain of wisdom. The same one that Yosef Gabriel Belchopper sips his coffee from at one o'clock in the morning. All right, everybody, have a great Super Sunday. We shall see you, Mir Hashem, next week. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.